Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8 and 16-bit era. I am Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Castlevania for NES. Castlevania was released in September of 1986 for the Famicom Disk System and ported to the NES and released in the United States in May of 1987. But, once again, our poor friends in the PAL territories uh, had to wait till December of 88. Oh, man. Over a year later. That sucks. Yes. Well, as many know, this game was developed and published by the great Konami. Mm-hmm. And it was developed alongside another game uh, called Vampire Killer for the MSX 2. Okay. That uh, is a European uh, mainly used console slash computer-ish system. Okay. Not really that familiar with the MSX series. I am not as well. But it does use all of the same sprites as Castlevania. Okay. I mean, I've heard stuff about the, you know, uh, MSX Castlevania, but I never... Well, I that's the thing is, it's its own it. game. Yeah. And it's more akin to Castlevania 2, supposedly. Yeah, I, man, I should check it out. Perhaps. Now, in Japan, Castlevania was known as Akumajo Dracula, mm -hmm. which the Konami American senior vice president thought translated to Dracula's Satanic Castle. Oh, wow. Okay. And therefore, he thought that was a big no-go for American name. Uh, understandably. And I they think. came up with Castlevania instead. Let's, let's face it, it's a clumsy portmanteau, but I like it, man. Uh, it's, it's a little, it's snappy and, you know. It sounded weird back in the 80s, but now it just sounds so right. Well, yeah, it's been, uh, it's a, a long-storied title. Now, Castlevania was also part of the second wave of NES games here in the U.S., so it was definitely an early major one and one of the first third-party right. titles to come out. Well, I mean, it was out when I got my... NES, so, you know, for me, it was, like, from the get-go. Right. Now, one other thing to mention is that, you know, so many classic Castlevania tunes started here in this first one. Mm-hmm. And uh, a lot of these were composed by a woman named Kinuyo Yamashita. I see. And this is her first uh, credited work. Wow. It's awesome. Uh, it's really good. Yeah, I just thought that was pretty amazing that right out the gate, this was her, her first thing. <laughs> Nailed it, man. And um, oddly enough, uh, if you're familiar with the end of this game, she was credited as uh, James Banana. Oh, okay. Which a little research led me to the fact that that's a pun on James Bernard, who was the composer of the 1958 version of Dracula. Oh, okay. So yeah, fits in with the theme of the credits. I guess, yeah. Now, um, the sad part is that those credits are missing from the Game Boy Advance NES Classic version of this oh, game. Oh, really? Yeah. What, do they just have real credits? or I don't think they have anything. Or just nothing? Mm-hmm. Ah, oh, what, a, what a drag. Yeah. Now, this game was uh, re-released on many systems throughout the years, but it was originally ported to uh, the Commodore 64, the Amiga, and mm. MS-DOS. I see. So I'm sure those versions are just a, a blast to play. Right, right. Well, and I mean, we should say, too, it was in the arcade as well. Like, like I, I played it before I ever played it on NES in the arcade. Well, that's another complicated history because there yeah. is the versus cabinet version, and then there's also another game that is a uh, vampire killer that a lot of people confuse with being Castlevania. Right, right. I, I mean, 
And there's like Haunted Castle as well, right? Isn't that another? Oh, yeah, that's the like... other one. That's the one I'm thinking of, Haunted oh, Castle. okay. Gotcha. Which I, we did play at a... Galloping Ghost? Yeah. Galloping Ghost. And, man, is it hard. Yeah, I've, yeah I, I'm not sure which one it was because I, you know, I was very young, but it was, uh, you know, I don't know. We'll get there in an uh, experience segment. Now, Nick, what kind of game would you say Castlevania 1 is? Well, it's a, uh, you know, a side-scrolling uh, kind of action platformer. You know, it's, you know, a little closer to its arcade roots, I think, than any other game in the series. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, now, in this game, you are Simon Belmont. The yep the the not the first but the original vampire uh, yeah. hunter and in, in this game you can jump but this is no Mario jump no this is a yeah you know, definitely the arcade style where you're committed fully once you you know you press that button and you get your full arc ahead of you to look forward to yeah you only have one arc and once you press the button and you jump forward you are making that arc now you can jump vertically but there is only vertical and horizontal there is no in between or any play in yeah, any of it you're not like jumping up vertically and then edging over after you are you know in the air you're, you're just going up and down and for me i mean you know i refer to the other mo- jump as a mario jump well, that was I, the big one that, yeah. to me the, the the static jump is the castlevania jump that's just how i refer to it in my own vernacular yeah i mean those were yeah the two big especially in the home console nes late 80s you know the, the, they were the ones who kind of defined them now, also, you can duck in this game, which is useful. Uh, enemies mm-hmm. do shoot projectiles at multiple heights, and then you also sometimes have to duck under projectiles. Yeah. But most importantly, you can whip. Oh, yeah. And you can whip it good. <laughs> oh. I'm going to go ahead and get the Devo puns out of the way. Yeah, that right obligatory, the yeah. <laughs> and, you know, this whip, this whipping action, is really a very unique uh, action, especially in early gaming, I feel. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, seeing it for the first time, and I'm like, why a whip, whatever? Like, I wonder if they were just like, we want you to be able to attack this far with this hitbox and kind of work backwards to it, but whatever, it's awesome. I really like it, you know? Yeah, I mean, unlike a lot of games, you don't have an immediate reaction. You Right. When you first hit the button, the whip, the whipping motion starts behind your head. Yes. And then, I'm not sure if in this one or not, if that counts as a frame of, of damage possible I don't or not. know either, because I never, I don't think I ever saw it, but I didn't really try, so, yeah. or, or, you know, experiment, I guess. Like, same here. But then you have, after that first frame of animation behind you, then you start whipping forward. Mm-hmm. And even then, that first couple frames, the whip is not very long or even close to its full extension. Right. And therefore, it does take a lot more time than your average attack in most games of its ilk. Yeah, but I think it's cool. It gives it a sense of kind of momentum and swing to it that I I like. Yeah, it definitely makes it feel like there is a weight behind this whip, that it has its own physics. Yeah, yeah, totally. But the other side of the coin is that once you have started to whip, once you've hit the button, you are committed to that, just like the jump. And that is yeah. a, a serious amount of uh, is amount of time that will be taken up by that whip animation. Yeah. Any reflexes you have for button spamming or rapid fire, just get rid of those right now. Like, they're not going to help you with the whip. Yeah. This is a very deliberately paced game. And you really have yes. to plan out a lot of your attacks as you go. Now, you can use that whip to whip enemies mm-hmm. uh, and to whip some blocks. And to whip candles. Yes, tons of candles. Well, you know, nothing really uh, angers Count Dracula more than you messing up his whole <laughs> castle, just destroying all those wonderful candelabras and well, he shouldn't hide sconces. All these, he shouldn't hide sweet items in there. I agree. I agree entirely. Now, the blocks and candles and the enemies all drop items. 
yes. of different types. And um, the whip you use to destroy all those things, the whip can be upgraded. And those, yes. the, the upgrades to the whip drop from all those things. Yeah, you can get, it's two upgrades. You get a ball and chain and then a longer ball and chain. Morning star, is yeah, that what they call it? I think so. Now, the original whip is a white shoestring looking, just sad, short yeah. little spaghetti string of a thing. Yeah, but it beefs up, man. You get the, you know, it looks like it's, you know, metallic and, you know, it's you're it clobbering guys. It looks way cooler once you've got it going on. Now, um, another one of the big things that you find in candles and sometimes dropped by enemies are sub weapons. And that's another key ingredient to the Castlevania series. Yeah, you got all the, the origins of the, what, five first uh, sub weapons here. Well, let's go through them. Let's do it. First, you have the dagger. Yeah, uh, probably my least favorite weapon here. Yeah, in this game, it it is definitely, uh, there's not as many reasons to use it. Right. Because uh, it's overshadowed by the other weapons. Well, and like here, they all only cost one heart. Yeah, that's the other Except thing. for the stopwatch. But, you know, in the in later ones, the dagger's like the cheapest version. So you're like, well, it's cheaper on hearts. So, it, you know, it balances out. But yeah. here, nah, not so much. But the dagger just flies straight out from where you, you threw it. And all of these sub-weapons are used by pressing up and attack. Yeah. And I got to say, the responsiveness is pretty good. Yeah, no, yes, it's not bad, but it's just like, it's not any stronger than your whip, and you already have a pretty decent range, so there are plenty of situations where it's okay, but I'd almost always rather have something better for a boss. Right, and you just, you know, it's a little bit faster, and it goes across the entire screen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely better than nothing. So that's the advantages of it. But next up, you have the throwing axe. Yeah, this is a cool weapon. Early on, I was like, that's awesome, but uh, now it's not my favorite so much. I'm the opposite. As a as a kid, I was like, "This is useless." Well, I but like it because as an adult, I understand that it has its place. Oh well, yeah, it's got a huge arc. Yeah, you know? when you throw the axe, it does not go straight out. It goes in an arc overhead of you, and you know you can use that to hit guys on higher platforms, mm-hmm. bosses that are flying around. Oh yeah, reach those candles you weren't sure how you were supposed to get. And I mean, if you aim it right, you can use it to hit. Although it's a little farther away, you can hit things down below you you know at the end of the arc it'll keep going down if you know if you're desperate because your whip does not go down but other weapons do but this you know it's a, it's a pretty versatile weapon indeed now next up is probably my favorite weapon and the one i try to hold on to through most of the game mm-hmm. and that is the holy water yes although the manual calls it the firebomb yeah which i mean i've heard it used interchangeably throughout different things all my life but... so another thing we we probably should have mentioned in the little history or about is that um you know, this game was heavily censored from its Japanese version. Right. They took out all of the religious um, icons and, and things like that. So on gravestones, they took the crosses off and, and other mm. things. So therefore, I feel like maybe they went with uh, fire water to be safe. Maybe. And, yeah. and then, you know, it just everyone knew it as the holy water due to, you know, maybe one piece of marketing or some other thing. I don't I, know. I'm not sure where. I mean, I know by I think the second one, it's called holy water. So once the rules relaxed yeah. just a little bit. <laughs> And the Holy Water, um, again, like the other two, takes one heart to use. And the Holy Water is a thrown weapon that you throw down onto the ground. Yeah. It, and it, wherever it hits, a blue mystical fire comes out. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty strong. And it stays there for how long? Ah, like a second or two. Like It's, at it's least a little while. Like but... two or three seconds. Um, it'll burn for a minute, man, uh, it, and it'll damage anything the whole time. So. Yeah, so you, it's really great because you'll get multiple hits off of it on any creature that is uh, on the ground. Yeah. Or passing through that block. Yes, yes. And therefore, you know, on normal enemies, it just tears through them. And it's just a thing you can, like, throw behind you 
you know, you can keep moving forward. You know, any enemies that are going to be chasing you. Yeah. I like those darn flea men. And, uh, yeah. And then at bosses, it's great because it will stun lock a lot of the bosses. And just, I mean, all you got to do is throw down a four or five and you've destroyed the boss. The, yeah, this one is, uh, th- that's what helped me at the end of the game immensely. Um, <laughs> uh, it's also one of your few weapons that you can use to attack below you. So certain areas where you're going downwards or, you know, mm-hmm. kind of jumping down slopes, like it can be very troublesome to deal with monsters that are you right there. So it'll just take right care of them. Yes. And then after that, you have what is a lot of other people's favorite sub-item, and that is the boomerang. Yeah. Um, which I think should have been called the cross. Yeah, I, maybe I, that... I feel like that's what it's called in Japan, because it looks more like a cross than a boomerang. Right. Um, but the only other thing I can see with that is, at least in the manual, it lists, um, you know, the destroy all the monsters thing as the yes, cross. Yes, we'll get there. So that's, but... you know... Now... might be an overlap, a nomenclature. The boomerang is a boomerang. Yeah. It's pretty awesome, though, because that means you can get two hits off on a creature with it, just mm-hmm. one throw. And the other cool part of it is that, you know, since you do throw it, it, you can pretty much choose the strata in the air. Yeah, it just moves left and right. You know, either way you throw it, it'll hit the edge of the screen and then come back the whole time, hurting enemies. Yeah, and you can jump up and catch it, or you can just let it keep going. Yeah. Now, there is one other um, sub-weapon, but it's not really a weapon. And that is what you mentioned before, the stopwatch. The magic watch. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I used to love it when I was a kid, and I never used it now. Uh, there'll be some times where if I just happen to have it, and I'm like, oh, this area is a little tough. I can just skip past this, you know, this one skeleton that bugs me, or mm-hmm. there's a pit here. This will make this way easier. Like, And what it, the stopwatch does is it pauses all of the enemies on the screen for five seconds. Yeah, and uh, I mean... Like we said, five hearts, so it, it, you can run through your ammunition pretty quick, but um, if there's certain, you know, just little parts of certain areas that are really tough, you can just use it to skip past. That's where I like it. But Nick, what are hearts? Well, are they health? That makes sense. I know you'd think this, but no. Uh, the Castlevania series tricks you because your hearts are actually ammunition. Oh, that makes no sense. But you know what? I knew it anyways. And you're right. Hearts are ammo, and they drop from candles and enemies yeah and there are two forms of hearts you find mm-hmm. uh, small so, oh, yeah small and large yeah and the small ones are one point of heart and the big ones are five yeah and then as you said all the sub weapons use one heart except for the stopwatch which uses five yeah now there are some other things that drop from all these uh enemies and candles you find around there is red purple and white money bags uh yeah um and those are worth there was ones, uh, the red ones are 100, the bluish ones are 400, and the white ones are 700 Very nice. Points, and those so. are just points. Now, the next thing that we find dropped from both enemies and those sconces is what you mentioned before, which is the cross, or as I like to call it, the cross necklace. Yeah, it does look, it's got definitely got a, a necklace thing too. It's like a pendant or mm-hmm. something, you know. And what that does is that will kill every enemy on the screen, no matter how strong they are or how many hits they've had. As long as they're not a boss. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Now, if it's a boss that shoots a projectile, the cross necklace mm-hmm. will destroy the projectiles. Oh, cool. And then one downside is that you do not get any points for things killed by the, the cross. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Now, also, another uh, item you find is the invisibility potion. Yeah, it's a weird. I mean, you're really invincible, but you yes. kind of fade out. It looks cool enough. It looks uh, really good. It's an effect that... I would I would have thought would appear in many other games. 
Yeah, but, but I don't recall seeing it in anything else. No, it's barely in this one. Let's be honest. There's not a lot. You know, randomly you'll get it every now and then, but mm-hmm. I didn't encounter it very frequently in my playthroughs. Same here, and yeah. uh, and it's it's not a very long invincibility no, it's as five they seconds. Go. Yeah, and it feels like about three. Yeah, it's. I mean, you turn invisible. You slowly turn invisible, but then you almost immediately start turning visible again. <laughs> and you know, being used to you know, the Mario star or other things where you've got a good, like 15 seconds or more. This just, I mean, it's very rarely useful. And at most you're going to get through one enemy. with Yeah. It. Simon Belmont is not very fleet footed. So you're not going to, you know, you think when you see invincibility, you're like, I'm going to truck through all these guys, but you're not going to get that far. So just, you know, enjoy it while you have it, but it's not a game changer. No, not by any stretch of the imagination. Now you also will find, um, the double and triple shot and they're a little two and three. Uh, three Roman numeral. Yeah, in a little square. Mm-hmm. And those do uh, a lot of what you would think. They allow you to have two or three sub-weapons on the screen at the same time. Yeah, they're, uh, when you get a good weapon or the right area and you can find these, you want to hold on to them if you can because... Because what we didn't mention is that awesome. the sub-weapons, you can only usually have one on the screen at a time. So you throw a dagger until that dagger is across the entirety of the screen. That's the only one you get. And especially for things like the holy water, yeah. which stick around for a while, you can really screw yourself if you throw one down in an area that no one's at. Yep. Now, there is health in this game. And you start the game with, is it 16 bars of health? Yeah. And you have three lives to start. Now, health is refilled at the end of every stage when you've completed it. Mm-hmm. Or when you find food. Yeah. Hidden in blocks. Yeah, you break some walls sometimes, and inside is a delicious pork chop that or, will... Or a pot you. roast. Yeah, yeah. It looks I more mean, like a big old roast to me. I, I and The manual calls it a pork chop. So they are wrong. That is definitely not a chop. <laughs> Either way, the roast will give you six units of health. Yeah, it's uh, very nice. It is. And lives are lost when your health is either all gone, when the timer runs out, because every level has a timer... Although it is very generous, uh, extremely I, generous. I don't. I have never had a problem with time at this whole time. I've or played. the number one way for Eric to die—that is, falling in a pit. <laughs> yeah, some of them are tough. And you know, you can only get more lives from points. Yeah. You, so. Yeah, you get. Uh, your first one is at thirty thousand points, and uh, you'll get one every fifty thousand after that. Okay. Now. The other item to note is that there are these flashing bonus points that are sometimes money sacks that cycle through colors. Sometimes it's a crown. Sometimes it's a treasure chest. Yeah, you can find these weird treasures by, you know, sometimes just standing somewhere. Um, Usually if there's a platform that there's no reason to get onto. Yeah. If you can figure out how to get onto that. Yeah. One of the blocks on it will activate one of these bags or yeah you'll just see it rise out of the ground kind of make a sound and run over and grab it's usually like you can get a thousand like what three thousand one thousand points for the bags and the other um items are two thousand okay so they definitely help you on your on your path to that one up yeah yeah. which at what point values do you get the one up it's uh thirty thousand for the first one and every fifty thousand points after that okay yeah um and you do get uh points also at the end of every level for all your leftover hearts, which can be, in some levels, that can be 5,000 points. You know, if you have like 50 hearts, it's nice. That is cool. And then uh, last of all, kind of an item, is the the crystal ball. Yeah, the magic crystal. And, you know, that falls from the sky every time you defeat a boss. And if you're anything like me, you try to catch it before it hits the ground. Right, right, yeah. Get it in the midair. Um, That's what screwed me in uh, Monster Boy. 
this game. Oh, the Castlevania right. Series. Yeah, you miss out on all that. <laughs> and, and Monster Book, you don't want to catch it before it hits the ground. So, but in this <laughs> one, go for it. No big deal. Right, right. Yeah, crazy. I always wondered, you know, again, I'm like, is this, you know, weird crystal ball thing? Is that where they got the idea for crystals to be a thing in Castlevania 2, you know? Because so much of it's out of nowhere, you know? Yeah, like, I'm not going to pretend like I can figure out where any of the things were conjured for that strange well, I don't know. I just, it's gem. one of my faves and, you know, I just replaying this really, I, I really was like seeing a, a few more, you know, strands of DNA where I didn't think there were. So, whatever. Well, Nick, this is a very early game, but I'm always a fan of Konami's instruction manuals, (laughs) so I'm hoping, beyond hope, that we got a good one this time. Well, your hopes are in vain, because (laughs) this one's not very good. Uh, It's it's 15 pages, so it's not very big. Uh, It's all black and white. Any any illustrations? Uh, well, you do have one screenshot. There's no drawn screenshots, but there is one in there, which was weird because I'm like, Castlevania 2 came out later, and it only had the drawn ones, but okay. maybe it was just too much trouble. Any artwork of uh, Simon Belmont? Uh, no, there is an enemy section with artwork for all the enemies, pretty okay. much. So there is that. Uh, it's a very short story, but it's really weird. It just reads like an ad you would read, like where it's like, Dracula's back for a rematch. Can you handle it? Like that uh. kind of, yeah. Not many, not really puns either. Like I, I think they saved those. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Weirdly, it refers to a two-player mode. Oh, where you're supposed to be able. It's like press select and choose two players, and you can play off and on, like with you know taking turns with someone. But that's not true. I wonder um, if that was in the, the Famicom, uh, the disc system. That's what I think, because in the controls section, the controller it shows a picture of is a Famicom controller and oh. not an NES one. So I was like, I bet that's just a holdover one. Um, you know, it does spend, it has a good, like I said, enemy section, and, you know, it goes through all the weapons and stuff, so. Okay. You know, there's a bit of that, but that's it, man. Or you get a map, the same one you see between levels. Oh, it's a good map, so. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm down. But, yeah, that's it, man. There was no goofy puns, not, not, not much, so. Notes? Memos? Nope. Neither. Man. Well, Nick, what was your personal history with this game? Um, well, this was like kind of a big game. Like I didn't actually play it that much, but like, it's something I very vividly remember. Like my friend had played it and oh, he this was describing was it to me and I was like, Omnipresent what? in the early days of Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was like, I, like my friend was telling me about it and I was like, it just, it has all the monsters. That's so awesome. Right. You know, I didn't own the game, nor did I ever rent it, but there okay. was enough people in the neighborhood that I, I borrowed it from time to time. Right on. I always found it very hard. I remember uh, thinking it was just so hard. Yeah, same here. I think this was because it was such an early game. I must have been like eight years old when I was playing this. Right, right. And therefore, yeah, it would have been really hard for an eight-year-old. Well, I mean, you know, I played it a few times in the arcade. I specifically, I have some some very fond memories of going with my friend. His dad played in a softball team, and if they won their game, then they would go to Pizza Hut, which had it. So we would always go there and wait, and we're like, I hope they win. Like, I don't care about softball, but Castlevania, man. So that was there, and I almost got it for my first game. Oh. But I chose Zelda, so... And I'll stand behind that choice, but, you know, Castlevania would have been a strong one. Either one would have been great, but, you know, I always was... You know, I knew it to be an awesome uh, game, and I always liked it. I I think I rented it once or twice, but it always just held this, like... I was like, it's too hard. I can't do it. You know, I was in that same boat, and then... The early days of emulation hit when we were in college. Yeah. And we also had our first computers at the same time. So, mm-hmm. you know, you and I were both on that list of, oh, we can play these old Nintendo games we haven't played in forever. Yeah. 
Granted, we did it with our keyboards, which was awful. Yeah. But the save states allowed me to beat this for the first time and actually see the end of the game. Yeah, same here. And I even remember from that where I was like, well, there's no way to do it without cheating. Come on. like." Right. Now, that could have been the, you know keyboard controls i'm sure they weren't helping a single thing that's true but i agree i you know i still up until last week regarded this game as being one of the hardest same here which brings me to what was your more recent experience with this game then nick well i am very proud to say that i beat this game without cheating for the first time i agreed i mean i kind of cheated i was playing it on the wii and i did save state at the beginning of uh, dracula's level okay but Only because I was waiting. I'll give you the full story here in just a moment. Okay. Well, I uh, I played this game about five different times over five days. Like, the okay. first day I got to, like, Frankenstein. Then after that, it was like, I just kept getting to the Grim Reaper, banging my head against that for days. And the Grim Reaper is really the, the stopping point for a lot of people. And I lucked out. On my, my first time through, I just hit everything just right, and I, I tore through him. I mean... Granted, it wasn't like I walked out of that with no hits or anything. I, I was right. hurting. I was close to death. Right. But I did make it past him on my first encounter. And I was like, oh, man, this is a, a good omen. You just keep going. Yeah. The, once I did finally the last day, like I was getting where I was like, man, I'm going to just have to cheat to beat it again. But then, you know, when I, I busted back in on the fifth day, beat him my first try. And then I was like, I'm just going to sit here for the whatever half hour it takes me to beat my way through Dracula. Right. Because, you know, the game isn't really that long once no. you, you know what you're doing through it. And uh, so what I did is I had our friend, good friend Bill, uh, you know, his name's been mentioned on the podcast. Yes, sir. Especially in the other Castlevania episode. Because, you know, Castlevania is his bread and butter. Yes, it is. And uh, I had him over to kind of show me how it's done. Right. Because he sat there and he beat the game on one continue. Ah, Man, it's awesome. And, um, you know, he was getting all the bonuses. He, He knows exactly where to duck at the very beginning of the stage when a Medusa appears. I mean, he's got it down (laughs) to the block. True Whipmaster. And, uh, you know, I watched him go through it, and I I realized something that I've never, never realized. Mm -hmm. And that is you can can go back downstairs. Oh, right, yeah. And therefore, you can farm for any extra hearts you need. Yeah, yeah, if you need to, yeah. And for me, that's what I thought made that final boss fight so horrible once you died, is that you had to go back in with, like, no ammo. I see. And you can I didn't, but yeah, that, that's was, true. And it turns out that's really only half of it. Once you have the strategy, Dracula's not that hard because the no, next night no. I loaded up that save because I was like, I'm going to get there and then I'll I'll see how Bill does it and then I'll go through the level. Yeah. Oh man, after I saw him beat it, my confidence was like through the roof. I was like, I got this. Yeah. And I did. I mean, I did have to continue once, but you know what? The second time through, I beat Dracula, no problem. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I fought Dracula a bunch. I just kept continuing at a stage because I was like, I'm just not going to stop till I have this down. So, um, yeah, but I was able to do it without too much difficulty. Which brings us to the general chat portion of our show. And I'd like to begin by saying, damn, is this game good? I yeah. kind of forgot I how agree- good it was. Ah, I agree 100%, man. I was kind of taken by surprise myself. You know, I always thought this game was just one notch too hard. And I don't know if I've just grown. I mean, part of it is we have been playing a lot of these old games. Yeah, that's true. But either way, I don't find it nearly as difficult as I thought I would. No, it's, uh, I mean, it has a few hard parts. and well, it, you has, know, it has a, a, a decent amount. The last two levels are, are pretty tough, but most of the levels aren't that long. And it's just a matter of, you know, you're like, I'm just going to have to learn and practice this level until I can just, I know what to do and how to do it right. Yeah, and you know, I think this game really set the standard for third-party platforms. 
it was the first one that I remember being like, wow, it was Castlevania and Mega Man. Yeah. Those were the two that weren't made by Nintendo, but were just as good. They're very, yeah. <laughs> they legitimized third parties. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one thing about this game, too, is I think the difficulty curve is very, like, it's almost perfect. Like, mm-hmm. it, it always gets harder, but just a little. You never feel like there's no jumps where I'm like, whoa, this level's real hard, and then the next one's easy. Like, each one's slightly more difficult than the level before. And they really, in the beginning areas, hand you the right weapon to use. You know, before you get to the bat, they make sure you have the axe. Yeah, yeah. And things like that to really make, you know, your your job a little easier as you yeah. go through. And they walk beginning. you through, and almost every time, the first time you see an enemy, you're almost guaranteed that it's going to be in some easy spot where you can just familiarize yourself with it before you actually, it's an actual threat. Yeah. Now, of course, the music in this game is great, and it, it holds up really well. Yeah, it does. Uh, that really caught me off. Like, because I remember, you know, Vampire Killer. Yeah, I remember that good song. But it, it was like every level where I was like, "Wow, this!" Like, it really surprised me. Like, yeah, the music really sets a mood very well in this game. It it really reflects the levels in a way I I wasn't expecting. Man, and I I gotta say, um, maybe at some point we can splice this in somewhere. But there's a part of like the level four music, Wicked Child. There's a a certain portion of it. I'm like, this is. One of my favorite uh, retro game music of all time. Bring it up again during the music portion, and I'll, I'll make sure it's behind you there. Aye, sir. Now, the other thing I wanted to know, note was that, because, you know, when I played this earlier I, as a child, I wasn't paying attention to all the various pieces of the game. Sure. The backgrounds really stood out to me this time. You know, I, I was just kind of amazed at all the little touches that were in them. Yeah. Especially, you know, when you see the lead up to the other parts of the castle. Yeah. Or just other little things that add to the mood. Well, it very much reflects the map you're given. Like, you're working your way through this castle in a way that makes sense and continuity. And Yeah, that's the other thing. The level design. Yeah, Top notch. Okay, by far, man. Um, All the... You know, a lot of platforming games, you'll be, like, going through, like, say, a cat, you're like, why why are there these just ledges somewhere? Like, here, they almost all make sense. Like, oh, this is part of a crumbling wall. You know, being the ruins kind of excuses a lot of, you know, these these uh, hazards. Yeah, and then to that note, the other thing is the tile work in this game. You know, this the Castlevania series, for me as a kid, was the first time I realized that games were made out of tiles and, and squares that were reused yeah. in different places. Well, that, yeah, that became, when I say, like, square or cube for, you know, like, floors and stuff, that's where this that vocabulary came from for me. Like, yeah. it's it's nice because you can count, you can tell. I can jump two blocks. I can move, you know, unless you do a little shorthand math. But the, the thing is, is it amazingly doesn't look like it's a grid or doesn't look blocky. They figured out how to vary the tile set enough oh, yeah. to really make it feel, I wouldn't say organic, but realistic. Yeah. It's a uh, gorgeous, gorgeous game, man. One other thing I noticed is that Simon himself, his sprite, it's a lot bigger than a lot of the other sprites were of its time. Yeah. Um, and normally, I don't like that, but I think it works fine here. I think he's just the right size. He's just as big as you could get without taking away from the rest of the room on the screen. Right. And well, for your range, you know, your your speed and the, uh, you know, you're not shooting really far like in, say, Gradius or something. Mm-hmm. Like, so having us closer, you know, view isn't really that big of a detriment. And having that limited jump. Yeah. Like, you don't need to see that far away because you can't interact with that stuff anyways. You're not losing any, you know, killing power. Agreed. And since you mentioned killing power, I think it's time we take this game level by level. Now, the levels in Castlevania are numbered. Numbered weirdly, though. You, what does it tell you in the top right-hand corner? Well, it's the stage. It's the like stage. Each level is three stages, so right. it's kind of weird, but there's, yeah, six six levels, 
18 stages. And like you said, every level has three stages with a boss at the end. So it's a pretty standard formula. And the very first level is very iconic. Sure. I mean, you start with a cool, um, you know, it shows you walk up to the gate of Castlevania. You see it in the background, that Mm -hmm. little intro scene. I was a big fan of that. And you come through and then you kind of have like a courtyard approach to the actual castle. Yeah. You roll through the outside. Then you actually have to enter the doors and move into the castle. Yeah. And there's a hidden money bag here that I've, I've been able to reveal, but I've never been able to get. And I've known about it since, I mean, I don't know where my friend heard about this back in the day but since i heard about this game in the arcade he's like yeah if you jump over the first door there's a bag of money you can get and i've always been obsessed with it i've never been able to get it so you can like jump over there and crouch but if anyone knows it's like as soon as i stand up you'll just start automatically leaving the level so i'm like how do you get back over to it and then one other thing i want to note real quick was that first courtyard area instead of candles you have these like um a brazier yes braziers all throughout and it's the only time you see them in the game. I just thought it was interesting that they created that sprite just for this courtyard area. Well, I think it makes sense because oh, yeah. you're outside. Yeah, it's just a level of detail I'm, I'm really happy to see. Yeah, because, I mean, there is a, a f- very brief outside area where there's no candles later. Yeah. So it, makes, it follows suit. Now, in this opening area, you're going to be inside the castle. And it's a very standard entry zone. Yeah, like a big... I was... For some reason, I want to say ballroom, but it's like a big great hall. You know, tall windows, drapes, you know, pillars. I always got that ballroom feel, too. I, I think it might know. be the drapes back yeah. there and stuff. Now, in this level, you fight three panthers that you'll never see again, and they are amazing sprites. Well, that's true, and they're not panthers. They're black leopards. Oh, okay. They which, totally look like panthers. Which is actually true. Like, panthers are just leopards. They're all black. They have, like, a melanin thing. Oh. It's like if they just had spots everywhere. Man, it's yeah. People are learning nonstop from this podcast. The more you know. Now it is another oddity that they never appear again in the game. It's true, and it looks like a lot of work was put into those. They're pretty good looking. Um, I mean, they're, these ones aren't bad, but they're kind of an enemy that I'm I was like dreading dealing with at harder parts of the game, and they never showed up. So uh, thank you. Yeah, and you fight a lot of uh, these ghoulish women. They maybe look kind of like a banshee or they're a just, they're, zombie. They're, they're just called zombies in the manual. I can so, see that. Yeah. And the, they're a never-ending wave. Yeah. And at the very end of this first one is an area, first room is an area where you can use, um, If I think you can get a holy water. You can farm enemies at the very end. Those zombies will keep coming. Mm-hmm. And if you throw a holy water, you'll get the, if you kill two, three enemies with one holy water, they'll keep hitting the flames and triggering bonus points. Right. So you can, like, mine for points here to get uh, okay. one-ups. I've seen Bill do that where he would lead one of the red skeletons across okay. the room so he could kill multiples with the same hit. Yeah, this one, I mean, it works really well because they spawn so damn fast, mm-hmm. but I never messed with it. Then in the middle of this area, you've got the fishmen. Yep, fishmen come out. You you know, you head down. There's, like, a watery area. You can die here, and you will see some vampire bats. Yeah, and... Uh, I, I've always had a soft spot for the Fishmen in the Castlevania series. I, yeah, I do. I love the idea of that you're like, I'm down in the cellar or this area. I don't know. Maybe and that's where this... they come from. And they're always a really good sprite, too. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I never have like an affinity for the creature from the Black Lagoon. So I don't yeah, know why. I don't, yeah. Who knows? I like the Hodag. Yeah. <laughs> if any of you have encountered a Hodag, let us know. Beware. Now, at the very end of this first level is your first uh, boss, and it is quite the easy boss because if you had gotten the 
axe that they give you. Like right, right before Right before it. Hint, hint. <laughs> it only takes like, I don't know, five hits with it or something? Yeah, it's pretty easy. And there's a double shot right in there. And because it is named the Phantom Bat. It is a giant bat. And the cool part is, is when you enter the room, it's already there. It's you can hanging see it, yeah. from the ceiling and it's covered itself with its wings. But then when you get too far into the room, it drops down and starts swooping at you. Right. Now, I played around with it for a moment and it is really hard to get it to hit you. Like yeah, it'll I mean, swoop right over your head. And if you don't jump, it's not going to hurt you. Yeah. I just hung out down there on the bottom right, chucking axes right away a few seconds. You know, there might be one hit if I, if I, if it's my fault if I jump. So, yeah. And so just don't jump and you're probably going to be a okay. Keep your cool. And then from the top of the ceiling falls that crystal ball. Yeah. You pick it up and get your life drained and refilled, lose all those hearts, and you yeah. move on to the next level, level two. Yeah, this is like a you're just more of this is like more castle-y. It's like the red and orange colors. Mm-hmm. It looks pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so here you will see uh, more vampire bats. You know, which have a slightly different pattern than the other ones before. Now, one thing I do want to note is that between levels, you get to see a grand map of Castlevania. Yes, and what's really cool is that the levels themselves directly reflect the shape of the map areas in the map. Yeah, you can see if you're going to be going like up or to the right or double back around to the left. It's awesome. Yes. And so in this one, you're going up and to the left-ish. Yeah, for the most part. Uh, you'll see some uh, knights here. First knights, you'll see they're black knights. Um, Although they're not black supposedly. in the no, game. They're just like a knight Silver. with a spear. Yeah, They're the, what I call the spear knight. Yeah. And, you know, they are really not a lot of trouble. If you've got your whip at full extension, you should be able to take care of them. No sweat. You will see in the in two one. This will be your very first moving platform that kind of mm-hmm. moves left and right. It's close to the end, and I, you know, again credit to them because this is a harmless place. To you see it and interact with it, get your feel for it. You can't really fall. You, you could if you're really bad. But yeah, it does have a, a one platform half of way down. All right, but you shouldn't. And if you go through the door, you've got more hallway. And now the first introduction of what most people think of as the worst enemy. In all of Castlevania dumb. Yes, the Medusa heads. Heads. Or just Medusas, as in the book, but whatever. The they never suck. ending wave of, and I mean wave, literally. Yeah. They fly in a sine wave. Yeah. That is, you know, especially as a kid, so hard to grasp. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of times if you're just careful, you can totally avoid them, but, you know, in certain areas by just timing your movement. In fact, as I've grown, I have found that I try to fight as few Medusas as possible, and I just try to maneuver around them. Yeah. I think it's way safer. Yeah, same here. For the most part, uh, you know, just jump around. They're not worth the time because the more, you know, if you stop to whip them, then there's more will keep spawning. So I'm just like, keep moving. That's where I try to tap into my, like, inner ninja guide where I'm like, don't, don't give it the time to beat you down. Right. And then it's in the next area that it becomes real tricky because that's the combination of Medusas and pit deaths yeah when you just go up this in like two two when you first go up those Mm -hmm. steps and then there's like there's a right before the area with the moving platforms i usually one of my first deaths yeah that was my first snag here where i was like oh man i really okay i got to take the time and just rehearse and master how to get past this area and the thing is we may have not have mentioned when you get hit in this game there is knockback and that knockback is equal to your jump it will you will die so much and and, you know many platforms aren't even big enough like if you're on a platform in between some jumps like if you get hit at all it's over yeah you are getting knocked into the abyss so you have to be careful so yeah you just make your way through these medusas and more of the exact same nights and then you move on to the third area 
Yeah, and this is where we'll see... Uh, the you know, ghosts. Yes, the ghosts make their appearances. These are spike presses in a section here. Yeah, and the ghosts, um, they take two hits, but only if you hit them with the end of your whip. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like if you they get too close, you can't really hurt them. So you need to make sure you take care of them on oh, their way we, to okay. you. okay. I, I never really had any trouble, so well, I always just get them right away. That's so. why. Yeah. Now, you, like you said, they have the spike presses, and I think we forgot to mention, those are also an instant kill. Yes. Um, which yes, because I, I instantly died here a couple got times. Me once. Uh, sometimes, if for whatever reason, if you have the watch, you can just stop them and walk under. Cool. But they're not that hard anyways. But right past them, you also find the first appearance of the dragon skeleton heads. Yeah, the, or dragon skull cannons. Sure. So. And these first ones are pretty easy because it's only one of the, the... Well, you're coming at them from below, so you can whip them without getting hit. But yeah. again, they get let you learn them, see how they work before they become a real threat. Exactly. And then at the very top is just a nice long hallway of Medusas. And at the end of it, the Grand Medusa herself. Yes, the Queen Medusa. Or just another giant Medusa head. It is a giant head... Um, it's nobody really easy. Even if you don't have any weapons, you can just whip her real fast. If you crouch and whip, you'll hit most of the snakes. She shoots, uh-huh. she shoots out before they get to you. Now, I was lucky enough to have the holy water here. Oh yeah. And I mean, I don't. I never even saw anything a snake leave her head. Yeah. <laughs> or you know, the watch works really well too. That's something I'd always remembered from. I think from the black Nintendo Player's Guide, where it was like the watch is what you use against the second boss. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I stunlocked this thing with the holy water, and it was like an instant kill. Oh yeah, is that I what you did? It. Um, no, I usually didn't have the holy water. Like I said, most of the time I was just whipping and or watch if I had it because I wasn't really holding on to items when I was playing through these first levels. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, eh, whatever. I got time to get the good ones later. Gotcha. Well, you destroy Medusa, you get your crystal ball, you get your health refilled, and you get to move on to level three outside at night. Yeah, you're kind of on the outside. Uh, I feel like you're on like battlements here. You know, the, probably this. I think this is my favorite level. Okay, uh, it's definitely this is my favorite song. Starts playing for the, for this level. So, um, I would say this is not my favorite level, just because of there's some some tricky parts. Oh yeah, don't get me wrong. I don't think it's like fun to play this. I mean, I do, okay. but it's like it's a cool looking level. Like it's some of my favorite level design here. Well, this introduces what is my personal least favorite. Castlevania enemy in the game. The Ravens? No, I don't mind the Ravens one bit. Yeah, they're not. Okay. It's the flea men. Oh, or yeah, the hunchbacks. They are awful. I, um, now they're not beyond horrible in this Castlevania, but they're still not fun. Oh, well, the key is you, you have to be like patient and keep your head about you and kill them. Like just crouch and wait. You know, you can get them off through the first jump. Maybe you don't want to start flipping back and forth. No. And you don't want to, uh, jump. Yeah, no, yeah, you just got to, you know, be careful with these guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. The ravens aren't too bad because they usually move at you in a slow enough uh, pace that you can jump and, and whip them. Well, I've found that, like, if you just stop as soon as you see one, it'll then it'll just slowly fly over and you can and jump kind of and down into your zone. Yeah, but that's... it's like if you start moving too much, it, it, they start doing weird stuff. Right, and that's exactly the, the path I took with them. And really, uh, those are the main enemies you're going to find here, except for you also have... Those skeletons. The white skeletons. That throw their bones at These you. These guys are jerks. They're they're up there with the flea men. Well, they're, you know, they throw their, while the bones have a certain arc to them, it's like mm-hmm. they kind of throw them at random heights, so it's really hard to gauge sometimes. Yeah, and when they're on like a floor above you, oh, it can be 
no fun trying to get past them. Yeah, there are certain parts in this area where it's like, if you got the watch and you know the guy's over there, I'm just going to use it and kill him before, like, you know, because there are, you know, pit deaths all over the place here. Yeah, and that's why I said it's not fun at all in the aspect of it. This is a pit death, you know, potential zone. Well, and, you know, one thing that I'm like, you know, I get it because of that's how games worked back then, but th- this is an area, especially at the beginning, where if it had more of a, like, what if you just fell down to the beginning of the level? And had yeah. to walk your way back up. Like, that's, you know, if there's f- one of the few things I'm like, maybe they could improve, but I don't think that was possible then. But yeah, I would definitely take the pit deaths away from this game because it's the main way I die, for one. But two, yeah. they, they feel so cheap compared to all the other ways you're hurt. Well, and, you know, I just think that few games have the level design to kind of back up where it's like you are actually above this. Like, when you look yeah. at a map of this game, you're like, it fits together so well. It's, it's gorgeous. Now, the final area is more Medusas. A couple of those skeletons. Yeah, there's a big raven section as well. A lot of ravens, and then just a few more of the skeleton cannons. And, but uh, again, there's one at the end too that I, that, yeah, I usually have seem to have the watch here, uh-huh. so I, I'll, I'll abuse it there because it's my, useless against the boss. My favorite thing is on your way in the very last portion of this level, in the distance, in the background, you see the tower that is Dracula's room. Yeah, the other tower that you're heading towards. Yes. And you see the stairway from it and everything. Yeah, it leads up to the little area where you, you end up going to fight him. It's awesome. It is so cool. But well then played. right through the door is two not that coolly drawn mummies. No, these are weird mummies too. I never understood what They look like. real doughy and soft. Yeah, and they're kind of, what are they? Are they pink-ish? Kind of? I think they're blue. blue. Okay. Blue and pink. They're weird. Anyways, they're... One of the easier bosses, um, the but, only time they can be hard, it's like if you can just get on one, get them on one side, uh-huh. crouch and keep whipping, and you'll hit all of their wrappings. Yeah, I mean, it is... I mean, Holy Water, I'm sure, will destroy them. I usually don't have it here. So. Yeah, I was not lucky enough to have it here. But um, now I've seen someone roll through here with the cross, and it just destroys them. Because sure, you can get it yeah. to hit you know them each twice, maybe, and then tears them right away ironically the only time i ever died at this boss was when um i was being watched it was the few i was like are you serious I, i'm like i swear this is usually the easiest boss like i, I had to continue i was like I, humiliated like humiliated now one cool thing is that once you have them down to a certain uh, health level one of the mummies will disappear yeah it will die and then it becomes a thousand times easier not that it was much harder to to begin with. Well, like two mummies, that kind of becomes a, that's a boss trope for Castlevania for mm-hmm. a while. And then one other thing to note is that there is uh, meat here in the boss chamber. Yeah. Um, although you want to save it till you need it because it's in that block. You can use that block to get up to area that there's another block above it where you can't be hit if you mm-hmm. need to reposition. I usually hang up there until they get below me and try to mm-hmm. jump over them. Totally understand. Now, if you can destroy both mummies and get that magic crystal... You will move on to level four, the underground. And what's cool is between the levels, you see yourself walk across this area and then you fall. Yeah, there's like a pit that you down and now you're down like underground. There's a watery cavern. Yeah, you're like in the cavern below the castle. It's all dark blue and like orange. It's uh, it's pretty cool. A Um, lot more fishmen now. Fishmen are back as well as vampire bats and moving platforms. Lots of moving platforms. And this is where the moving platform stuff becomes pretty tricky and um this pro tip here there's a holy water here early on get it and hold on to it yeah do (laughs) Uh, not let go i this is where i'm like i'm gonna try and finish the game with holy water Mm. i I can definitely understand why now there are a few places where you gotta duck 
under some low overhangs while you're on platforms. This, this area is where I have most of my pit deaths. Is... It's a very easy one to have because uh, the bats are... It's not the jumping. No. It's it's the bats. <laughs> it's not the fishmen. You yeah. can largely ignore the fishmen. For the most Sometimes they will jump like where you're like, I'm screwed. Like you can see the arc and you're like, there's no way I can, you know, I'm on this moving platform. I'm just going to get hit. But, you know, hopefully you have a, a sub item you can throw out and that will destroy them before yeah, they land yeah. on you. But yeah, the bats will knock you off that platform and into that death water. No sweat. You just have to have patience and find the right rhythm between the bat spawning and the, the platform movement. Which brings us to the next area. Yes, the above oh. ground area. And once you get above ground, you might think, oh, things are going to be a little easier. I'm, I'm finally safe. But no. Well, there's a new foe in town. It's eagles. Well, it's the big great eagles. And these aren't the friends of Gandalf. No, no. Because they're carrying with them those horrible little flea men. Yeah. Um... And they drop them on you. And the first part of this area is not too bad. The whole key is you need to keep moving forward. Yeah. Never stop moving forward. I mean, I would wait. I would, as soon as they would hit the ground, if you stand and whip, it'll get them. Like, yes. This is an area where I've luckily. Um, I had to run through it twice. I never had, I've, I've never had any problems here. Like the worst, like I was like, I rarely even get hit by any of them. Like you now, just have to keep that, you know, whip as soon as they land. Like don't let them, don't get more than one on the screen at a time. And but it be is okay. a little random because the first time I went through, a couple of them started spawning behind me. Yeah. The eagles were coming from the other direction. Yeah. They'll do different ones. And it's, then. Yeah. The second time I played through, they all came from forward. Yeah, I've seen and that. That made it a billion times easier because, like you said, if you stand as soon as they drop, that's when you stop moving forward, and you can hit them anywhere in that those bottom at least two squares before they hit yeah. the ground. Well, you, the here's the trick though, man: is if you get past this area, you do not want to die here at the end because if you have to start over, you can't get the long whip. Like they drop almost a, a perfect long whips length away from you mm. but if you don't have it and you have to start over here with a normal whip or even the short one like it's it's a lot harder because then you have to wait for them to jump at you to you're screwed yeah another less fun thing is at the very end of this long walkway you think i've made it i've gotten past all these horrible little flea men but then waiting for you over the door yeah the skella dragon is a skella dragon and you have a love-hate relationship with the skella dragons because on one hand man they look so cool yeah and they're so well animated. Yeah, and they drop a lot of items. But on the other hand, sometimes they have this jerky motion that spits off a fireball at you just where you can't block or hit it. I mean, I've found that if I get like three blocks away, you, again, long whip, and you crouch and just keep whipping. Like, they only seem to shoot fireballs when they're down level with mm -hmm. me, so I always kill them. Like, well, I, I'm usually able to get past these without a hit. This playthrough, I didn't have a problem with that. You do go through the door underneath them, and then you're in an area that, where there's a couple of these in a row. And it's the second one over that can be a problem because it is down in a little divot. And if you don't have any kind of special item to use against it, it can be kind of a pain. This is where, yeah, once again, I'm like, I, I get two blocks back and crouch and just keep whipping and I'm waiting. Like, it, it works most of the time. So, but you will get a bunch of hearts and hopefully you held on to your holy water. I mean, you, okay, this is the boss, Frankenstein and Igor, um, and it, he's he can be tough. Um, the holy water makes him a joke, but it does for a lot of bosses. But I have beat him without it as yeah. well. Now, Igor is very much like the flea man. Yes, he's the part that, because he jumps around, but he also shoots things at you. that mm -hmm. You can whip them, and if you whip him, it'll stun him for a few seconds, which is nice. But, but you don't really need to be attacking him. No, it's the it's, Frankenstein's monster that you want to destroy. It just kind of lumbers. It doesn't really do much besides no. move around and run into you. 
But I mean, he's so slow. Like you can start, you can get up on that little ledge and throw holy waters as soon as you see him. And even if you only have one holy fast. water, you can still beat him, no problem. Otherwise, it's like yeah, I've beat him like even with a dagger before. I think that's all you can get if you have to respawn in that level beforehand. Yeah. So it's not not undoable. But it's the key is to just keep. You might just want to you know hunker down and start whipping away. You're like I can beat this guy so slow, but keep moving so you can dodge the fireballs. That's the hardest part. It is, and either way you defeat him. You get that magical ball, you get all your health refilled, and you get to move on to level five. Probably the hardest part of the game, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the stumbling point for many, many players. Yeah, you got to, like, you're in a light blue and kind of, like, gray, so, like, a dungeony interior. I mean, there's hunchbacks right away. They don't give you any time to warm up. Like, No, two of them start barreling at you the moment the level starts. Yeah, there's tons, and then you're going to fight a lot of the white skeletons. Yeah, so not only are you dodging these goofy little men, you're dodging the bones thrown by these skeletons. So definitely not not my favorite area at all. The first time you'll see red skeletons, too, I believe. And red skeletons are, I don't mind them one bit. They're not nearly as bad as the, the bone. No, because ones. they move slowly, and the only thing about them is is that I think they only stay dead for about five seconds. Yeah, they'll they just stand back up. Stand yeah. back up and slowly come at you again. Now, this is one area, too, where if you don't already have it left over from the last level, get your holy water here. And I did not. And Yeah, you want to—I always hold on to it. You can't get a double shot in this level, too, I believe. Mm -hmm. There is an axe— uh, about halfway through the level. Which it should say, because once you get to 5-2, you're going to start seeing the Axemen. Mm -hmm. the, or, yeah, they're called Axemen, but I've always called them Axe Knights. But they yes. throw axes high and low at you. Um, uh, uh, one or two axes will kill them as well. So it's pretty strong against them if, if you have it here. You know, I used to be really, really, like, scared of the axe. Like, I was like, I'm not going to go anywhere near them while they're throwing an axe. You just but whip it's it. <laughs> really slow. You can totally whip it or dodge it. If it's a top axe, just duck. Just yeah. You can you got plenty of time to stand up, walk around, duck again. It's not a big deal. Oh yeah, so yeah, and there's a, a double or triple shot here as well that you want to pick up uh, before you go to uh, stage five three. Right now, at the very end, there's also of a five two a boomerang. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. And if you don't have the holy water, the boomerang's probably your best bet for this next boss encounter. But yeah, you know, well, before mean... you get to the boss, you got to go through five three. And that is what we like to call the long hallway. Well, it's the hardest room in the game, I think. Uh, you got two Axe Knights and infinite Medusa heads. Yeah, now, Buddy Bill did show me that there is a series of safe spots in those columns. If that, you memorize their, the wave pattern. Yeah, you don't have to memorize the wave pattern. You just have to memorize what spot in the column to stand right, on. Right, right. And, and then, it's the same for all every other column, I think. I gotcha. Once you know that, then it's a little easier to... Not have to worry about the Medusas, and you can focus on the Axe like Knights. stand there and boomerang away? or That's how I did it. And uh, if you, you can manage to get through all of them, hopefully you have at least half your health. Yeah, please. Well, I mean, we should say, too, by this point, everything that hits you is doing four hits of damage. You can only take four hits. Yeah. Like, and you're dead, so... I think that starts with this level. I believe so. Uh, everything got a little bit stronger. It's Yeah, so, you you know, it's very unforgiving, and it's hard to get to the boss with full health. That was a major stumbling block for me. Was I never like, did. Barely get there, but... Right. And then, when you get to the boss, you realize that you have to fight death himself. And, yes, the Grim Reaper, and this is a really hard fight. He spawns, and then he starts uh, spawning these three, you know, well, it's three at a time, these scythes that will fly around and follow you. Yeah, and they kind of, you know, it's really hard to plan for, because they spawn relative to you. Yeah, they're oriented they at you. <laughs> come at you 
right away. And it's like, if you don't kill them, he'll keep spawning new ones. Like, they'll add up to yeah. a point. Like, it's... So we both had different uh, ways of beating this boss. Just, we, we beat it in different ways because we had different items. Right, right. I mean, I okay, I banged my head against this guy starting over for two days. Mm-hmm. Um, until finally, it was like the last time I got there, I was like, I had a triple holy water. Because you've been holding on to it. Well, I mean, yeah, from the you can get one in uh in five one. So right. and you know, it's up. possible if you have to continue, you'll start back there, you can go, you know, but if you're stuck when you die, you just respawn in five three and there's no holy water there. So that's mm-hmm. when I was doing boomerang fights, but I was getting my butt kicked or kicked. <laughs> Anyways, um but yeah, you get there with the holy water and uh he you know, he kind of appears in the upper right and you can start throwing them as he's appearing on this little brick and it'll it'll hit him as you'll get stun locked as soon as he appears. Right. If you're fast enough, you can do it. You can. He can't even hit you. You can kill him. Like I, even before scythes appear, I couldn't do that. But that's awesome because I did not have that luck. They're actually some... really good at hitting a scythes too. Like they, because there's a little bit of arc to the holy water. Like mm-hmm. there are ones that would be coming at me that were too high for my whip, but I was just throwing holy waters to have a few extras burning around so that you know the scythes would run into it, and it, it saved my butt a lot. Well, I got there with the boomerang, and the basic strategy with that is to just jump around and throw a bunch of boomerangs. Fill the sky, man. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't aiming for anything, because once those uh, scythes start flying around, there's really, you know, you you only have so much room to maneuver, and it's, yeah. it's all about dodging them. And Grim Reaper's big, it takes up a lot of room. Yeah, so for me, it was just try to get out as many boomerangs in the air and keep dodging, and eventually I knew those boomerangs would be taking out scythes and hitting the Grim Reaper. Luckily for me, I just managed to get a lot of them into him, yeah, and the, and the fight didn't last as long as it, I've and, seen it. Yeah, and you can get, you know, always get that double hit with the boomerang. I can definitely see it. I just, man, it seemed easier because oh, I think so. I, I think you know, if you could nail that first block that he comes down on with the holy water, I could definitely see it being an easier time. And I never, I mean, I'll be honest with you. As soon as I beat him, I was like, I'm not doing this again. I'm gonna, I'm not quitting this game till I win. So I was like, I'm done with this. I haven't tried it twice. So yeah, well. I don't blame you one bit there because it is a grueling fight and you are elated when you've beaten him. You get that magic, keep calling it different things. Yeah, orb, crystal, whatever. You get that magic orb, you get your health filled up, and you get to move on to level six. Yeah, six one. We're up back. We're outside again, kind of. We're on top of Castlevania. Yeah, I feel like you're you're at the very top, and you're you're moving back to the left. You're moving back left over these kind of broken bridges, which now, are populated <laughs> with some very large bats. Yeah, there's five phantom bats in or in row here in a row here. But you know, I don't think they're as hard as Medusa's. No, and don't just keep running. Avoid them. Yeah, that's what I would do entirely. And you don't even want to get the candles in this area. Because one of them is a stopwatch. Oh, I don't mind the stopwatch here. Well, I can see how it would be helpful in the next area, but man, yeah. I just... Well, I mean, even here you can stop the bats and they don't move until they're... You know, if there's, there's yeah. a couple of them. The ones at the bottom that are below, sometimes they would hit me and I'd fall off. But it's not great. Yeah, whatever. You, you don't need it. No. And but... This is a short little bridge, too. It's only like three screens long or whatever. Yeah, and then when you're done with that, you are inside... The castle again in the clock tower. Yeah, 6-2, back to a yellow and gray clock tower. All the gears that we've come to know and love over the years. And it's kind of amazing to look at this and see these beautiful gears in the background and realize that in just a few short years, these will all be animated Yeah, in yeah. Castlevania 3. Oh, they look good, too. And this area is a little bit of a nightmare. Yeah. You've got all these flea men jumping around. Well, those birds are flying in and dropping them off. Like. Yeah, and that's... You know, so you've got these big enemies swooping through. You've got the little ones popping around. 
for me, this area is mainly just like run. Yeah, and this is where if you have the watch, it's like, okay, if at the very beginning you're kind of moving up and mm-hmm. you're at the right side and you can, if as long as you don't walk any farther left than you have to to go up the stairs, you mm-hmm. won't spawn the flea men yet. It'll just be the skeletons. Okay. So once you're at the top, it's like you can get over. Hopefully you don't need that pork chop down there. No. But you can just hit that watch and you can make it to the stairs and go down before those guys start showing up. And maybe yeah. do the same in the next area because it's just nonstop. It's the same stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is really quite an awful little bit of junk yeah. to run I mean, through right, right at the end. Of it the is a, it's a gauntlet, but it's not very long. So you, you can make it there. And then once you make it out, you're on 6-3, you're back outside again, which is the final level where you just go up to Dracula's room and fight him. Now, you leave the clock tower. And when you do, you can see above you the top of the tower, the tower that you saw in the distance. Yeah. And in front of you lies the stairs, the stairs you saw as well. Now, if you look into the distance, you can kind of see where you were before. Yeah. It is quite awesome. Yeah, and it's like you got a big sweet moon up there, crescent moon in the background. Now, this is the thing that I did not understand, and that is you can go back downstairs. Oh, yeah, to get more hearts and stuff. And at the very top of these stairs is a nice plump five point heart yeah yeah so really easily you can just up and down up and down up and down and just fill up that heart meter i remember doing that when i was uh, back in the day beating it Mm -hmm. emulating because i was like i gotta get all these hearts but this time it was like i just used my whip for most of it so i just didn't use any hearts against his first form Mm -hmm. so i was able to do it with whatever i had but it's a it's definitely a good call to pick up some extras and then on your way in they give you the cross slash boomerang. That's yeah. part of the reason I feel like it should be a cross. They, they no, give I it to you to fight Dracula. It makes end. sense. I, I, I understand. So you get the boomerang. But then at the other side of his chamber, there is the holy water if you'd rather go that route. So yeah, you can take either or. Now, I'm a boomerang man when it comes to Lord Dracula. I mean, if you're really careful, I guess, I don't know how... Like, you could just save the holy water. The holy water is really for his next form. I'll right. be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. And when you enter the room, there is a coffin that is already open. Mm-hmm. And when you approach it, from the ground rises a weird mask. Yeah. It looks kind of like Lady Elaine Fairchild. You know, I can see that now. That it's got that it. weird nose and Ooh. chin. And Where it's almost as creepy as yes, she was. it is. Uh, and then a, a, a caped body materializes around it. Mm-hmm. And now you're ready to fight Dracula's first form, his human form. Yeah. Um, he... Pretty much just teleports around and shoots a three fireball spread at you. But it's not instant. When he no. when he appears, he opens his cape. Yeah. And when he does so, the three fireballs appear from the middle of it and then spread out yeah. as they come towards you. You can only hurt him in his head, mm-hmm. so you have to jump to hit it. So we had different approaches. You hit him in the head and then took out the fireballs. Yeah, it was like I would always plan to be in the air when his head solidified, hit it, and then I would just stand and whip. You have to get this rhythm down. It's kind of weird, but now, you can had... whip all three of the fireballs mm-hmm. if you get them right away. Yes. Now, I took an easier path, one that was taught to me by Bill. Yeah, uh, yeah. And you can be a lot further away, and you can even be really a little later with the boomerang. Oh, sure, because it's wider. If you stand there and throw it straight at him without jumping or anything, it will take out all three of those orbs he shoots at you at a pretty fair distance from him. Yeah. And then after that, you jump and hit him in the head. Yeah, I see. Um, I was also doing this trick that... Um, it seemed to me like if you didn't move, he would get closer to you, like in between teleports. Mm. So I would stand there for like four seconds and then start moving. And he would almost always appear right next to me. And then I would just turn around and like whip him 
and Landon tried and whip. Huh. And I mean, I don't know if that was just me confirmation bias, but it seemed to work pretty well. Like, because I was having problems with, I would just be like, well, I just keep walking while he disappears. And sometimes he just, you know, he's right on you. Mm -hmm. And if you're walking the wrong way or you turn around, he'll, he'll just materialize and hit you for four life. So yeah. And it only takes four hits for you to die. Yeah. In this final boss. I mean, it takes him 16 hits. So the (laughs) odds are in his favor. True. Now, once you have destroyed this first form, yeah, it just kind of disintegrate. Like you know, you get the standard flames, and then the big, the blue and white beast mode demon Dracula appears. Yes, and it's super Japanese. Yeah, it looks like a big, yeah, it's a big weird demon. Um, this guy, I I got to him maybe twice before I killed him because once, I was, if you have the holy water, he's so easy because yeah. it, it'll just stun lock him, and, and you even if he's in the air, it'll hold him there. You can just keep jumping and whipping him in the head. So you know the the real key is you want to hold on to that the holy water on the far left i mean or if if you can somehow beat the first form without hitting that candle Mm -hmm. and then get the holy water you know but i don't see how if you're throwing boomerangs at that height i feel like it would trigger it you know well no because i don't ever throw the boomerang at any height i throw it at ground level so yeah there that could be the ultimate way really Uh uh-huh uh, but but I did not I I had to go into that final fight with boomerangs which you, isn't a bad, bad deal right no. yeah I mean especially if you uh, time things right you can get two hits off on it with him yeah and um, supplement with some whippage so I don't think we talked about the attacks of the beast mode oh right he hops around and it's very I, were you ever able to jump under him without getting hit no I never did I, I would try sometimes but. Just like if I was getting too close to the edge of the screen, I'll, I'll try it. But I could usually take a hit and then he would die. Right. And what Bill taught me was that if you stay on the left-hand side of the screen, he doesn't really approach you that quickly. Yeah. You just, oh, you hit him from a distance then? Or? Yeah. You just try to get as many hits in the early phases you can with that boomerang. Mm. See, That's, I was like up on him with the holy water. So different, you yeah, know, yeah. different range. And therefore, I didn't find it that hard because like I said, I was really just Biding my time on that I mean, far side. He does shoot a little three fireball spread out again, but yep. it's the same. You can hurt it, you know. And, so. you, and yeah, I would whip that as I was waiting for the boomerang to return. Understandable. And this final form, how many hits does it take? I don't know. I um, don't either. I'm assuming they. I'm assuming 16. I don't think you're doing two damage per whip against, you know. It, but it, in, in my mind, it felt like it was a quicker fight. Yeah, it definitely was because... It's like you can just, at least for me, because it was like you're just limited by how fast you can jump and smack him in the head as opposed to, like, is he visible or not. Yeah, I guess you're right. And if I'm hitting him twice with each boomerang. That would add up fast, you know. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, with that final hit, poof. It's over. He is destroyed. And you saved Transylvania. You did. And you're treated to a wonderful little scene. Oh. Yeah, well, this is the first time I watched a, a castle sink into the ground. I mean, like, or it would have been if I beat it when I was young, but this, this is the first game that, you know, the oldest game I remember seeing with that kind of yeah. ending. It's a trope now, I think. But And it looks good, though, for its time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it slowly collapses, and you get, uh, you know, a little thanks, and then you get um, some hilarious, uh, you know, um, horror movie actor puns for the names of all the boss, like Boris Karloffis and... Mm-hmm. And uh, love Cheney Jr. stuff like that. Yeah, they're all really not that great puns. No, no, they're not. No. And um, I mean, even if you know who they're going for, you're like, I could have come up with a better one than that. You know. <laughs> not to mention, I'm sure these were all lost on the ten and under crowd that was playing this game. I I didn't know who Boris Karloff was when I first. You know what I mean? Like, if I would have saw this when I was eight, I'd been like, eh, I don't know. Right. I mean, it goes deep. They also have, like, what, Love Cheney Jr. for Lon Cheney yeah. Jr. And they even, uh, I think, 
they even have a fake name for was it Mix Shreks? Yeah, Max Shrek, the guy that played Nosferatu. Yeah, there's Christopher B. I mean, that's going back to silent film. There. I know, man. It's it's nuts. And then the strangest and worst of all is the lead of the game, Simon Belmondo. Yeah, they made a weird pun. I mean, whatever. I don't know <laughs> what they were going for there. Yeah, it doesn't really seem to fit the vibe of the rest of the game. Yeah. But it is a super, super satisfying ending. Yeah, I mean, the credits kind of go along. I mean, it does have the, you know, a Castlevania kind of trope of the film strip at the beginning so mm-hmm. that you know it does you know it kind of it, it knows it's going for movies mm-hmm. so you know but i think it does a good job of really wrapping the story up or at least making it feel like a, a grand finale well here we are in the final portion of the show and that is the review portion and of course we always use the classic nintendo power review system across four categories with each category having a possible zero to five as its score starting with graphics and sound nick i gave this game a 3.5 okay i I give it a 4.0 you know i was on the fence what can I say? This is the foundation of an awesome series, and you can see the building blocks in every portion of this game. Yeah. And really, what makes people love Castlevania, in many ways, are the graphics and the music. Yeah, it's uh, the backgrounds are awesome, and you know, we talked a lot about the level design. Like everything is really like cool and fitting looking. But for me, it's like the thing that really bumps it up is the music, man. Um, Castlevania has always been known for awesome music, and that this is why. Yeah, I mean, right out the gate, this music just grips you. And it really makes you feel like you are adventuring, you're being a total badass, you're, you're having a great time. Yeah, there's a particular song, I think, in the it's the level 3 music, but uh, Wicked Child, it's awesome. So you should play that my favorite bit now. And it's playing, I think. Yes! Awesome. So the only thing I would say in the negative camp for this game is that, you know, the sprite work is a little simple sometimes yeah i mean the, like simon's yeah. face you know i know you can't really show a lot there but that blankness is a little creepy uh, it's true um and i mean you have some big pretty good looking bosses for the most part but i mean they don't uh, do a lot you know i just think that the levels look good and the uh the music is awesome so my only other gripe is the animations are a little simple but being the year this came out i really can't fault it and uh yeah yeah Otherwise, everything else is is top-notch. Well, following that, we have Play Control. All right. I give give it... it, Oh, sorry. No, don't be. Okay. I give it a 2.5. Okay. uh, I give it a 3.5. Okay. Which is weird because I was expecting less, but I was really like, it's so precise. Like, it it really got me like... But towards the end, I felt like there were more situations where my jump was literally at the edge of what was allowed yeah i mean like i had to be on the pixel or else i was not going to make that jump or like in that last clock tower area so much is going on and it's so busy that i can't always tell where i'm supposed to be i always try to this is a game where i I started you know distance counting by block sprite tiles because Mm -hmm. it's like you gotta know you're like you got your two two blocks of distance and you can lead off a little but for the most part, uh, I feel like, you know, the game designers knew what jump you had, so they try to, you know, it. 
This yeah. game isn't is just like the things that make the jumping hard are usually Medusa heads or bats or something. It's about timing usually. You know, because it's not Mario. You're not running and jumping. You're not, you know, the jumps themselves aren't always necessarily the challenge. True. And I always uh, credit the Castlevania series for me as being the one that showed me what you can do with the limitations of movement. So it is kind of hard to judge. Yeah, yeah. All right, Nick, what did you rate the challenge factor of this game? I gave it a 3.5. Okay, I gave it a 3.0. Okay. Now, I said I, I thought it was a 4.5 yeah. when, when I started. Yeah. But it's not. Um, with the continues, the backtracking for extra hearts, and the levels really aren't that long. Right. That's why I gave it the score I did. Yeah, it's it's not that tough, to be honest. Um, the, the last levels are hard because you take so much damage, you know, mm-hmm. from enemies. They're hard to get through um, in, in, a, in a whole piece, but they're not that hard to at least get there. And, you know, it just takes a little practice. You figure it out, and infinite continues. Yeah, the infinite continues is a big deal because we've played a couple games here that don't have those. And yeah, to me, that's a make that's a, that's a breaking point. You know, it's like if I only have two continues, then it's really just like having nine lives. Yeah, yeah, but precisely. With this, it's, it's a true continue, and therefore you can beat your head against that wall as much as you need to until you break on through. Yes, sir. And finally, Nick, how would you rate the theme and fun? Well, sir, uh, I give it a 4.5. I give it a 4.0. Okay. I uh, Man, I think this is, uh, you know, I like this game a lot. It's a little more action-y than a lot of the platformers we've been playing, you mm-hmm. know? Le- you know, it's, it's, there's a little exploration, but... I love the the level design. You know, the bosses are always a big draw. It's got all the, you know, the monsters. I mean, it is straight up fun. Yeah. It makes you feel like you're adventuring. Like you are fighting the monsters. You are the, the, the hero of the story. And I mean, you know, this is a game where it's like, it's not, it, it's entirely linear. Yes. So for it to have like, you know, the level design lends itself to, you're like, I'm progressing through this castle, mm-hmm. going through in, in these different areas that make sense. Like, and for it, me, that ties into awesome. the theme. Like each yeah. level is a part of the castle. You know, you're in what we think of as the ballrooms in the beginning. You know when you're in the catacomb and the cave underneath. Yeah. You know when you're in the clock tower. I mean, y- you can look at the screen and tell I could tell you what part of a castle I'm in. Yeah, and to I mean, me, that's amazing. For a game that can't always, you know, like when you think of the level tropes for many games, ice level, fire level, beach level, you know what I mean? There's none of that here. It's no, it's all different. You it's know? all, it's, you're in a castle. Yeah, so. And somehow they make that so varied. Kudos to them. That I think I'm, I'm going to upgrade my 4.0 to a 4.5. <laughs> all right, right. Right here. Hold on. Oh, it's official. I just, I just penciled in, folks. It's in graphite now. Well, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Okay. Should you play this game, Nick? Yes, you should. Yeah, of course you should. I mean, you need to see how it all started. Yeah, well, I mean, in this game, okay, like, I'll compare this, let's say, to, you know, Castlevania 1 to Super Mario Brothers 1, right? Oh, that's a rough one. Well, what I'm saying is that, like, this game, it, they're both pretty tough to go back to, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. in difficulty-wise, but, like, this game's not as hard, and I feel like it's just easier, a little more fun. Like, I was going to say, this one is definitely more fun. It, as a first game, it holds up. Way better to the test of time. Like, yeah, Super Mario Brothers is worth playing to just examine, and at least playing through the first world is like a classic, and it's not that bad, but it gets really brutal at the end. But this game is like, it's... The uh, ramp is just the right slope. Yeah, yeah. It and gets it, you to be, you know, it gets you to the level you need to be before it starts really hammering you with the hard parts. Yeah, and it's like, it's not just contextually good like i wouldn't say just play it because it's the first uh, castlevania game it's, no it's I worth playing on its own merits even if it wasn't but since it is it 
you can this is why this became the big name it yeah was. you definitely see why it became the franchise and then the fun part is you see the beginnings of many parts of that franchise you know the seeds of them are here in this game yes and they deserve to be seen and to be sown next week's game will be super mario land 2 six golden coins for the game boy and remember, folks, if there's anything we forgot or stuff you want to tell us, let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com and we will get back to you. And you can always reach us at cartcommand on the Twitterverse. Or you can like us on Facebook at cartridgecommand. And you know, it's a great place where a lot of people will fill in some little tidbits that we may have missed or questions we brought up. We had one of our cartridge commandos point out the true meaning of ISO 900. So if you oh. want to know, go check it out. Yeah. Please subscribe to the show on whatever thing you use to listen to this podcast and tell a friend because we need more people listening. We, it, you know, we just do. Trust That's what us. we want. That's what we're in it for. Yeah. We're just in it for the numbers of people listening, not for any of our own personal enjoyment or edification. It's just the numbers. So please get those numbers up. We love numbers. I, I love numbers. Just kidding. I don't really love numbers. I love doing the show. And it is the folks at patreon.com slash cartridge command. Our fine patrons that give us money to make this show possible that let me have this wonderful time sitting across from Nick down here in the Cartridge Command Center, making this wonderful podcast for all of you. Yes. So, patrons, thank you. Thank you so much from the bottom of our heart. Yeah, and I mean, look, I've been going around my house crouching in weird places, but no bags of money have appeared. So until that happens, it, we need your help to, yeah. make this, to make this work. Please, because his girlfriend's getting really creeped out, too. <laughs> now... As always, I did find some pork chops in the wall the other day. <laughs> did you eat them? I saved them for you. Yes. But as always, cartridge commandos, game on! Sweet, sweet wall meat. All right.